You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. So we have a couple things. Welcome to the Father's House. If you're new, please fill out a connection card. Turn that in our welcome desk. We'd love to get connected with you. Um, we are a healthy home for the city. What does that mean? We, we want you to grow up into mature sons and daughters of God. Amen. Not just stay the same. Amen. We don't want to make church uh, a checked box on a Sunday. We want it to be a place where you encounter God and you take him and you encounter him all the time. Amen. Amen. So uh, recently, we've had some exciting things happen at our church, some transition. God has been moving and restructuring things at our church. And recently, we have voted in um, uh, some elders into our church. The elders are our board. The elders are our overseers to our house. And we want to officially pray over them and anoint them this morning and their spouses in front of everyone. And so we're going to stand and honor these men as they come, all right? Come on, guys. You know who you are. You guys can stand up here with me. Maddie, would you come? Yeah, you can clap. That would be good. Hmm? <laughs> Maddie said, don't, let, don't make me talk again. Come up here, guys. All right. You guys can stand in this little wonderful area here. You just stand with me, babe. Don't be shy, guys. Come here. Come on, give it up for our elders and their, their spouses. How many of you know this is a team effort? We don't expect them to keep anything from their spouses or anything like that. Actually, a big part, just to be transparent, a big part of why they were even considered for this position was because of their spouse as well. And I know it's quiet in here, but that is a big part of that. They're a team. You know, they, they function together, and these are amazing women of God as well that we want to recognize, not just these men. Amen? We are a church that believes in empowering women. By the way, if that offends you, you might not like it around here, if you haven't noticed. Um, so anyways, we're just going to pray, and if you guys could lift your hands, Maddie, will you help me? We're going to anoint all of you guys with oil, and we're just going to bless you guys and set you guys in this church. So everyone, if you could just begin to pray on your own right now and just intercede for us. Here you go, honey. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless these men and women of God, Lord. Father, I thank you that um, people are not... Uh, disnominated, Lord, but they are ordained and called. Father, I thank you for your idea for the Father's house, Lord. I thank you for your word for these families, God. Lord, we bless them in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, we pray for a spiritual covering on them as well, Lord. Give them ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord. Father, give their families abundance and blessing, God. Let their marriages thrive in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, let them walk in freedom and set the way for this congregation 
in freedom and families in this house, oh God, Lord. I pray you'd give them dreams and visions, God, words and prophetic words and things for our house, Lord. Let them be true overseers, God. Let any selfish ambition would fall off of them in the name of Jesus. Let Let their hearts cry just be, I only want what the Lord wants for this house. Lord, we just bless these men and women. We pray for unity in the name of Jesus over all of us. In Jesus' mighty name, can somebody say amen and amen? All right. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. Love you. Juan's our our dreamer around here. If you haven't get to know Juan and Lisa, they're very prophetic people. They're just very shy, Juan especially. I'll be like, Juan, you got anything to share? And he'll be like, "Ah, I don't know. And then he'll share this big elaborate vision. I'm like, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, well, you were not going to tell me that? Why weren't, what was going on here? Um, so anyways, hey, a few announcements really quickly. Um, yeah, so uh, we have a local outreach table. Somebody say outreach. Okay, ways for you. we're making it very simple for you to get involved in helping our city, change the city, amen? There's a table in our foyer that will always be there forever, and it has four different organizations Correct me if I'm wrong, Amy. Uh, the Friends of Sinners. Borrowed Hearts, which helps with um, foster families. CareNet, which helps um, with girls trying not to get abortions. And what's the other one? And Shepherd's Hand Ministry with Gwen and Paul Bennett. So there's needs every single week. So on your way out, we're trying to just make this a part of our culture, saying how can we serve, how can we give to the community? Every week, check those boxes. It can tell you exactly what they want, and you can just begin to bring stuff in your small groups, small group leaders. Hey, we're going to see what is on that table. We're going to bring stuff for care that, and this is be a normal thing from now on. That table is never going to leave. Amen? Amen. So on your way out, when you come in, check those tables and see how you can bless these ministries. Amen? Um, also, um, before I get to the main thing here, uh, Baptism Sunday, if you've been born again recently or the Lord's been drawing you um, to be baptized in water, you need to be baptized in water, amen? So if you've been saved recently, sign up for baptism, water baptism at the welcome desk on our website. Uh, we'd love to see you get water baptized. We do uh, water baptism. You can, if you got your phone, you can literally uh, get your camera out and scan that card, that QR code. And we'd love to have you every third Sunday. Um, if you want to make some plans for your family to be here, whatever it may be, every third Sunday we do the water baptisms. And we promise as much as we can to keep the water warm in Jesus' name. I actually found like a massive like horse trough warming thing in the basement of the church. So we won't use that. But we'll just use the regular heater if you're lucky. Um, but no, we water baptized too. Um, also, a small group. Some of our small groups are still open. So if you need to sign up for some of our small groups, still going on. I sign up at the welcome desk. We'd love to have you there. And the most important probably announcement this morning. How many of you, oh, this is going to be good. How many of you young mamas in this house and, and older mamas in this house and maybe some married couples, how many of you would like to make a difference in the kingdom of heaven? Yeah, we need help in our nursery. <laughs> Where's all the woohoos and amens? I mean, what, what, what just happened? Uh, here, here's the reality. You ready? 
You know, we keep hearing for our, our moms, our, our young moms, man, it's just, I need a break. I need a break from my kids. I totally understand that. Believe me. We get it. But here's the reality. Our church is growing, and that ministry is growing the most in the nursery age, and we will have to get to a place where we'll have to turn kids away. I'm just telling you, because we have to have a certain amount of adults with a certain amount of kids. There's no other answer for safety of the children. So I, I don't want, this is my first thing of grace. So if you're maybe, there's, there's something everybody can do. I better read this before I mess this up. We put it together really well. I want to make sure I say it properly. Yeah, we want to change the kingdom. Let me say this. Our nursery is not daycare. We are ministering to these kids. You get a chance to minister and mark these kids with Jesus, to lay hands on them, to pray with them, to teach them to pray for one another, to get them to learn about Christ, not just daycare and things like that. That's not what we do at this church. We are ministering to these kids. So there is a way for everybody. So we need charismatic people to teach lessons, dance, worship, play. We need chill people who like to cuddle babies and just hold on to smaller kids. If you're more relaxed, there's a place for you. We need creative people to help create crafts and play games and be imaginative. There's a place for everybody in this place because my first goal, my first line to throw out to you guys is, hey, we need help. If you've gone through the journey and you're a mom or you're an older lady, because some people tell me, well, I, used to, I served in the nursery for 35 years. And I'm like, I get it, but you don't retire from serving. Even if it's once, for older people, if it's once every eight weeks, for younger people, it's just once a month. Because we don't want to get to a place where we say, hey, if you have a kid in the nursery, then you need to help with the kids. And now some people are thinking, oh my God, would they do that? I'm not, I'm just telling you, we're growing. How many of you have prayed for our church to grow? You're excited that our church is growing. It's only going to grow more. It's only going to grow more. And we all clap now until there's a sign up in the foyer. <laughs> and then there literally is today for the next four weeks, Danielle, who's running the nursery right now, she will be in the foyer. If you've gone through the journey and you're a mama, we need your help. Our church is growing. We need your help. Older mamas, we need your help. Some married couples too. If your dad and mom want to do it together, y'all can help every now and then. We need your help. Amen? Amen. I was at a church this past week in Dallas, 3,000 people. Listen to this, 3,000 people. And they go, and we were asking about their kids' ministry and nursery. And I was like, how do you get this many volunteers? And they said, well, the reality is sometimes we don't have enough volunteers, and we have to turn people away for certain age groups. And they say, hey, your kid has to go in service with you. We don't have any help. And then they turn it around and say, but you should come help us every now and then. So if we have, listen, it's all like, you know, uh, what does it say? Like many hands make the light work light or something like that. Doesn't that make sense? Like the more we have, like luckily me and Carter, we came here yesterday to clean out the dungeon area. That's just a weird name for it. It's like a basement. Don't freak out. And, and we came here alone to do that. And praise God, there was like five other people here at the building. And it, it made it way easier to get all that stuff done when Blake was here and Jeremy and his dad was here. But it was like, wow, this is way easier. The more, and if we had even 10, 15 more people, it would have been even easier than that. So the more we have, actually the easier it is on everybody. Amen? 
Amen. So for the next few weeks, we will have a sign up. If you've already gone through the journey, we'd love to have your help. God is blessing our church. We're already running out of room. We're going to have to rethink some areas in our church to move some of our older kids to. This is exciting. Amen. This is good things. I'm excited about it. So, so good. So anyways, uh, before I get started on what I believe the Lord wants to say, it's 1145. Glory to God. Hmm, Y'all hungry for Jesus? Good. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are. Lord, you really are, like that song that came out, you really are a good, good Father. And we, and we really are loved by you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much that this morning people have found their place and their seed at the Father's house. Lord, not just, not just literally, but figuratively as well, that there is a seed at your table for all people to come to you, Jesus of all nationalities and all ethnicities, God, and all types of different sin, Lord. There's a place at your table, Jesus. You welcome all. Father, I pray that people would have that turning decision this morning who need to be saved, who need to be encouraged, whatever it may be, God. I pray they find that here at this house. Lord, give your people ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? Amen, amen. So today, I was going to say it's going to be a little different, but actually it's really not. You're, you guys are probably going to be pretty used to this. Um, my goal today is to kind of root our church in what I believe the Lord is doing and what I believe the Lord is going to do. Amen? Amen. Especially so, I found myself, I haven't been up here for weeks now, um, um, Here's a scripture, 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Let's put that up there. I'll start here. Of Issachar, it's talking about the sons of Issachar. It says, men, I want you to pay attention to these words right here. Men who had understanding of the times. Pause. Men who had understanding of the times. How many of you know that's what we want to be? We want to be people who are understanding of what is actually going on around us and going on in our lives, going on in our nation. And this is the more important part in my point of view, but it says to know what Israel ought to do. So not just understand what's going on around us, but actually have the wisdom to say, what do we need to do in this situation? Amen? And so I found myself literally in this past month all the time, actually, trying to understand the times as the pastor and visionary and leader of this congregation and say, God, what is going on in the earth? What is going on in our church? What is going on in, in Kentucky? And what are we supposed to do? Amen? And this is how I find myself. And I was like, okay, I want to understand the times and I want to know what to do. And I, and I was going, like, like, for example, what's God going to do in the church? What is he doing in the nation? What is he doing in our church? What is he doing in our lives? Where are we going? And on the wake of um, uh, three weeks ago, I was with um, Julian Adams. How many of you were here when Julian was here? Julian will be back with us later this year. You don't want to miss that. Julian is a true prophet, an amazing man of God. He'll be back with us. I was with him in Georgia at a conference he was ministering at. I got um, just very blessed to be able to just go be with him and sit under him for a few days. Um, but I was at the conference, and we started to hear a little bit about Asbury. Right? I'm sure everyone in this room has heard about Asbury University. If you haven't by now, you're under a rock or something. 
and I started to hear about Asbury University. And I remember Julian uh, messaged uh, Dr. Craig Keener. I don't know if anybody knows who that is, but Dr. Craig Keener is a, a predominant, worldly, renowned, charismatic Bible theologian. He's a legit Bible teacher, professor who's at Asbury. And he messaged him, hey, what's, because there was a bunch of hype on the internet, right? And, and I just want y'all to know, I'm not about to downplay anything at Asbury, by the way, so pay attention. So I, I, I was just, I'm just telling you what's been happening in my heart for the last few weeks. Is that okay? Yeah. Amen. Awesome. And so um, I found myself, and he was like, what's going on there? And, I, and they were like, well, Mike, when you get back, are, are you going to go and check it out? And I'm like, I, I don't know, maybe. And then I started, I kept going, and then Dr. Craig Keener was like, he texted Julian back and was like, I don't know what to call this, but something is happening here. And I thought, well, heck, that's just two and a half hours away from my live. I'm definitely going to be there. So I got back on a Tuesday. Um, I did what every good parent would do, and I took my son out of school, and we went. <laughs> mm, he's a good student. He really is. Ah, oh, the glory of God. Mm, algebra, whatever. So we drove, and we got in the car, and I could tell you there was just expectation just stirring in my heart. This hunger, this passion, this coming up in me. Just, if, if one thing that Asbury has done, it has it's made people hungry for God. <laughs> and I was like hungry, and my son is hungry, and we're on our way there. And we, we get there, and, and we go, and we, we get to this school, and we're in the middle of nowhere. And like literally the middle of nowhere, okay? Like we asked them where to eat at, and the lady said, the gas station has good chicken. <laughs> and we were like... We're going to drive a little ways. <laughs> no thanks. Which I'm not going to lie, the gas station chicken is actually pretty dang good. <laughs> if you've ever been to Huck's or something, you know, you might be sleeping on the gas station chicken. It's not bad, actually. But that goes to tell you what kind of town it really is. They're like, there's a gas station. We're like, what? So anyways, we, we walk up. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I grew up charismatic. I grew up Pentecostal. I grew up speaking in tongues, you know, just people with flags, whatever. That's how I grew up. That's how I was raised. I'm used to this. So I'm thinking God is going to pour out his spirit. It's going to be wild. And we walk in there, and it's not. And it's chill. But there's just something in the air. And, it, and I, I honestly, I didn't know what to do but just sit down. And I just sat there. And I felt like God didn't really want me to get up and shout. But you know what was crazy? I saw young people getting up and shouting. I saw that whenever the college students would get a microphone, they would be begin to burn for Jesus. And I'm like, man, what is, but that's not how I felt. And I was kind of like, what is going on here? I didn't hear nobody speaking in tongues. Hold on a second. You can have a move of God, nobody speaking in tongues. Is that even possible? Turns out. Isn't that crazy? And it's nothing against tongues. Don't hear what I'm not saying. It was just like, what is happening in this place? And I saw young people getting on fire for Jesus. I seen conservative ministers crying out to God, crying at the altars, pastors of Baptist churches and Methodist churches, and people who don't normally, to, to most Pentecostals, it was pretty relaxed, but to most Baptists, it was not. You know what I mean? They were like, whoa, this is kind of hype. You know, it's getting excited. And I was kind of like, this seems kind of, you know, okay, it's a little different. I'm just going to kind of chill in the river. It's kind of like a lazy river. Not the rapids I was expecting, right? And I'm going to be honest with you. I started to just really like 
really try to comprehend what was going on in the room. And I'm like, God, I, I don't know what to say. And, but I can tell you this, my son was with me, and my son was super excited about it. And at the altar, and my son didn't want to leave. And I was like, whoa. But here's what's crazy. We sat there at the altar, me and Carter, for about three and a half hours, four hours maybe. Just sat there in his presence. And, I, and my son was like, I don't want to leave. But you know what's crazy? I felt like it was time for me to leave. It was like, okay, this is, this is great, awesome. I want to go home. You know what I mean? And then I, we left, and Carter was like, no, I don't want to go home. <laughs> I want to stay in this moment. Maybe because there were some girls down front, but whatever. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> and anyways, and we're going... And we get back on our way, and I call this new pastor friend of mine, Dan, who was here recently. How many of y'all enjoyed Dan Reynolds when he was here? My goodness, so, so good. So good. Such a God connection between me and him. It's just beautiful. You'll hear a lot more about it in the coming months. And so anyways, I'm on my way, and this was kind of a long story, but we'll see what happens. And I, I am driving down the road, still kind of perplexed by, God, what is going on? And then I, was, I, I, I remembered something. I remembered about six years ago, I went, right before I became the pastor, right maybe when I became the pastor, I don't remember, I went to Bethel Church. Maybe you ever heard of Bethel Church in Reading with Bill Johnson and Chris Vallotton, and they sing a lot of the music that we've sung. You've sang their songs whether you know it or not. And I thought, man, I want to go to Bethel because Bethel seems like they're experiencing revival on a daily basis. It's not something that's came and gone. It's something that's experiencing. What does it look like to maybe just have a culture of revival? And I, so I went there, and I'm like, man, I'm going to go there. And I remember I got there with some friends of mine, and I got on the phone with Maddie, and it's in the mountains, and it's beautiful. I'm, like, kind of jealous. Like, could you imagine your church is just in the mountains in a coffee shop? It's beautiful. Maybe we want to go to church there. And I'm sitting there, and I call Maddie, and she has some friends over, and I'm telling her about how I'm at this church, and I was just kind of drunk in the spirit that day. No one laid hands on me. I was just overwhelmed by God's goodness and his love and his mercy. And somebody gave me a prophetic word in the hallway. I thought, at first, I thought it was kind of weird. But God just began to minister to me to there. And I remember I told Maddie just how I was experiencing it. And one of her friends on the phone said, hey, we should move there. And immediately in my heart, it was like, no. Wait for it. I said, they don't need us here. I said, Davis County needs us. Owensboro needs us. And I think a lot of times we, we get our perspective. I, I need to go somewhere where it's already at maturity instead of being taking a hold of something that's still being built and saying, I'm going to help build something that I can look back in 30 years and say, I've stuck the ground, I kept the faith, and I've seen God from what it used to be and where it is now. Instead of just saying, I'm just going to go somewhere where somebody's already done everything for me and just jump in the river. Instead of having to get a little paddle out and stir it up yourself. And I got there and was like, they were like, you should go there. And I was like, no, I don't want to go there. My heart burns for Owensboro. And then I started praying, like, God, I've heard of these revivals in the past, of Azusa Street and the Toronto outpouring and Brownsville and Pensacola, and it seemed like it was one central location. And if you've been here for a while, you've heard me say this before. And I started praying and asking God, is this what you're going to do? 
When you move again, per se, is it going to be in one central location? And I was like, am I going to have to travel to New Mexico to go catch the move of God? Am I? And I felt the Lord say, no, the next time I move in, this, in the nation, it's going to be fires. And he showed me the United States, and he showed me fires all over the United States. And I was reminded immediately of when, I, when Pastor John Morse was here. And he, he said he was from this pulpit, and he said he was resigning. And me and Maddie were sitting back here where the Bartleys were sitting, and we prayed, and we're like, God, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? I don't know if I want to be here, and what are you saying? And the Lord spoke to me and said, Michael, I want you to stay here. I'm going to move here again, keyword, again, in a mighty way. And I was like, okay. That's a good word to hang on to. And let me just go ahead and speak this. We are living in that day, now. We're not waiting for it to come anymore. Don't let us be like Jacob where it says, surely the Lord was in this place and I perceived it not. So I'm telling you, if you're in tune with what God's doing, you're seeing it. If you're offended still about something, you're missing it. I'm here to tell you it's happening. And I was on my way back from Wilmore thinking, well, that was cool, God, but I felt like you said it wasn't going to be about one place. And then what began to happen with Asbury? Lee University starting to break out. Oklahoma Christian University, Ohio Christian University starting to break out. These students start to break out. Prayer meetings are starting to break out. And then I started thinking, well, God, hold on a second. Is this what you're calling us to do? Are you telling us to, to throw the a healthy home for the city out, out the window. Our small groups start that Sunday. Are we not supposed to have small groups no more? Do you want us just to open the door for prayer? And a lot of you were saying, open the door for prayer 24-7. I'm like, oh, that's great. You probably haven't prayed in three hours this whole week. I'm just gonna say this. I probably should, but I'm going to. People have a lot of audacity telling their leadership what they think they should do all the time. <laughs> Don't you think that we're praying and fasting and trying to hear the Lord of what to do and having enough trouble on our own. You know what I mean? Y'all are gonna be thinking, man, Pastor Faye, we need you back in the pulpit next week. <laughs> but here's the reality. I was going through this turmoil because I'm gonna tell you right now, there's no one who wants me to do what God wants me to do more than me. And I started to just pray and, and turmoil, like, God, what do you want me to do? Because you, know you know what my heart really is? I started thinking, God, I'll do whatever you want. I'll throw everything, I'll scrap everything, whatever you want. You want me to open the doors? You want me to turn off the prayer? You want me to have the meetings go for 24-7? Whatever it is, God, I'm all in. And then know what the Lord spoke to me? He said, Michael, that's not what I want. I want people to come and meet with me, and I want them to take me home. And look at this, and look what's happened with Asbury. It was amazing. It was incredible. It went for two weeks, and it stopped. Let's talk about it. You know what I mean? This, would, this is what happened with COVID. When COVID hit, and, and I might offend some people, I'm sorry. When COVID hit, what happened? Everybody started to freak out. And then they, shut, they wanted to shut the uh, churches down. We were one of the churches that stayed open for at least that last Sunday before Trump came out and said, will you please close for 10 days? And I started, what did I start doing? I ain't gonna lie, back then I was playing more video games than I play now. I turned off the video game, didn't play them for months. 
I started praying. I started fasting. I started getting here saying, God, what do you want us to do? What are you saying? The Lord spoke to me. He said, it's not what you think, what they're saying it is. Turns out that was true, whether we want to accept it or not. But all this stuff started to come out from churches. Oh, we're in homes now. It's not about the buildings. It's not about the gatherings. We're getting back to the book of Acts. Revival's about to sweep the, the small groups and all the houses across America. And guess what? That didn't happen. We got to get away from the gatherings, get away from the corporate, get away from all that. No, actually, we weren't. I know it's quiet. But what was happening, we had an opportunity to understand the times and an opportunity to see what God was saying, what should we do? And I don't know if y'all remember, but we started with Pastor Ethan Lyon and we started having a tent revival on Friday night because everything was closed down. You couldn't go to Friday after five. We opened up the tent, brought fruit trucks, got a baptismal out. My son got baptized. We seen God begin to move, right? We opened our, you know what we did during that whole 30 days of quarantine? We remodeled a bunch of the building because we already knew what God said and he wasn't changing necessarily what he said. He's saying, I'm gonna move here in a mighty way. I knew he said that, so I don't need another word. Well, what do we do? We gotta keep the money. What if the money all goes away? We gotta get the loan. We gotta get the loan from the government. You know what? Somebody told me, Mike, you need to get that money from the government. I had a dream that night, and I saw Jesus as a beggar on the side of the street asking Uncle Sam for money. Whoo! I woke up saying, we definitely ain't getting that money. And what happened? Oh, God sustained us. God's continued to sustain us. God's continued to bless us. When we follow what he's saying, and I was like, man, God, are you going to move in just one place? And I started beginning to break out. And I was, honestly, guys, I started feeling all this pressure. Michael, go get revival and bring it back. And I know a lot of you mean well. And I'm like sitting there thinking, can I actually do that? Because <laughs> if I can, God, show me exactly how. And I promise I will. And then when I started thinking, when I was there at Asbury, the Lord spoke to me two things. He said holiness and sovereign. He showed me this is a sovereign move of God. It wasn't because of anything they did. And he's saying this, you cannot formulate it. You cannot copy it. You cannot recreate it. Because I've seen people since then, they're trying to, church. They're, man, I don't want to call no names out, and I'm not going to. But there are famous evangelists and famous type of people who are trying to recreate what's going on at Asbury, and it's not working. You know what they're stepping into? Performance. Striving. And I won't do that. Because I keep getting testimonies from my small groups. Hey, my husband came and got born again at small groups. And you're thinking we're going to close the small groups down to have 24-7 prayer? No. Come on, Jesus. It's not a coincidence that the week before that I preached a message called we have to prioritize making the church small right before we all started thinking we need to have huge groups. There's nothing wrong with large groups and gatherings. You know, how, guess what I did? I came home, Maddie prayed. She said, I don't know, do you think I need to go? I said, I don't know, ask God. She said, it felt like the Lord told her, no, you don't need to go. You can experience me right here in your living room. But then we said, you know what? This is a historic move of God. Let's go and let's take our kids in it. So one day they'll have a testimony. Say, oh, I was there, I was three years old. 
So we grabbed our three little ones, my wife, stood out in the rain. And you know what I was feeling the whole time standing out in the rain? You know what God did in my life? I thought, man, this is what hunger looks like. This is a core value of the Father's house. This is what it looks like. I took my three toddlers to stand out in pouring rain for an hour or two hours just to get in a building to sing to Jesus when I could have done it at home, but I wanted to be a part of something historical. And I'll tell you what God didn't say. Hey, go try to recreate this. He actually said, hey, go back and keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting people to sign up for the marriage coaching. It's seeing so much fruit. For people to get in community. Mike, it's seeing so much fruit. You're building the kingdom. And I was like, man, are you telling me, God, that you still just want a healthy church? And he said, absolutely. Come on, isn't that good? Because I was sitting there thinking, I don't know what to do. And then next week's message I'm going to tell you about how I believe those fires that I saw across America weren't necessarily churches. They were homes. And there's a fire that's lit on the altar that you come and you take and you get your torch from and you take it to your house. And you would come to this house to get on fire and get lit up and be equipped and you take the fire and you'd build an altar in your living room. That is what the Lord is doing. He is saying, will you, will you, yes, come and gather. Yes, travel the earth to get whatever. But you know what Damon Thompson said many years ago that really burned in my heart? He said, people will travel the world to get in the presence of their favorite pastor, but won't roll out of bed to get in the presence of the Lord. And I thought, man, I don't want to look to any pastor that draws me to himself. I want my pastors that draw me to the Lord. I don't want to follow any ministry that makes me want to be like their ministry. I want to follow something that I leave out of there thinking, God, I want more of you. And what happened to Asbury, I believe two things that ultimately happened there after being there for hours. I believe God was awakening the Generation Z and young people for the gospel. That God is saying all the negative things that even some of us in this room have said about them. I'm taking those word curses and they're going to be mine. They're going to burn for me. They're going to stand for values. They're going to stand for morality. And God's going to begin to burn in some of these young people. And the second thing I saw God doing, excuse me, I said, God, what are you doing? He said, I'm awakening conservative denominations. And what are you seeing? Even in Owensboro right now, people are having healing services. There's a Baptist youth pastor in this town. I won't say his name. He said, I talked to him recently since all this is happening. When he said, hey, can I come to your church and can your staff or your elders, can y'all lay hands on me? Come on. Isn't that amazing? God is stirring up pastors and churches that aren't used to being stirred up. Glory to God. And listen to this, you ready? And I hope God blows the doors off those churches and we got to go there and lay on our faces at their altars. Because it's not going to change <laughs> what I'm doing and what God is doing in this place. I, could, I look at some of your faces and I'm like, oh, I'm just overjoyed. I'm like, man, God has grown you, matured you, and blessed you so much. I couldn't be happier. God's not going to stop doing that. We got to be careful, guys that we don't step into worshiping. This is an old saying. I don't know who said it, but you gotta be careful that you don't worship the move of God more than you worship the God of the move. 
So a lot of us kind of real wild charismatics and don't get me wrong, I was there, I was crying, I'll be there. Best believe it. But then I have to go home. And then my kids are acting crazy. And my wife kind of getting on my nerves a little bit because it's my fault, probably. <laughs> Usually. And then I'm stuck with what? Oh, I got to choose love right now. I got to choose love right now. I got to love like Jesus right now. And I love the Holy Spirit goosebumps just as much as anybody. But I'm telling you, God is trying to renew our minds. And he is trying to have us grow up to be mature sons and daughters of God. And, and, and some of us, and I get it, we're like Peter on the mountain of transfiguration. What did he see? He saw Elijah. He saw Moses. He saw Jesus. What did he say? I'm going to build three shelters, three tabernacles, and we're just going to camp here forever. <laughs> and I get that. It's like this is the glory of God is here. I'm never going to leave. And what does Jesus say to him? Get up. Literally, get up. There is work to do. <laughs> so I'm all for getting in the presence getting touched by God, moments with God. I believe it was a moment with God in my jail cell that changed my life forever. I'm all for an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It's the encounter with the Holy Spirit is what put me on this platform and got me free and has my son back in my life and all the stuff God's doing through me came from an encounter with him, not in a church service, in a jail cell. So I'm for it. I'm completely behind it. But I'm just as much behind getting to know the Bible, getting in community, working on your marriage, doing the harder stuff than just (laughs) coming and shouting. I'll shout with you. But it's not okay to go home and shout at our family. God is not changing that direction, church. I'm here to make things very clear. If you're chasing just glory encounters, that is not what we're chasing. We're chasing him and him alone. Amen? And we're chasing the word of God, understanding scripture, being disciple, being teachable. Somebody say teachable. If you didn't, you probably struggle with it. Being teachable, not just by leadership, but by the power. Listen to the Holy Spirit. What Maddie was saying earlier, just pray about it. Really, you don't really even have to pray. Read the Bible. We got to get back to a place where this is enough. Well, I don't feel like I'm supposed to help the younger women and teach them things. Well, then that's what the Bible says. I don't really feel like I'm supposed to make disciples. That's just for evangelists. That's not what the Bible says. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about restoring the family altars, and I'm going to, talk, I'm going to start a, a series about holiness. Woo! Not legalism. There's a difference. But I'm going to tell you right now, the opposite of legalism is not do whatever the heck you want. God is calling us to holiness. He's calling us to consecration. And we're going to see him light this church even more on fire. Amen? And so, um, man, it's so good. I would encourage you guys to pray for the leaders, pray for your pastors, pray this prayer. You ready? Be careful what you're praying. Make sure that you're not praying your vision for your pastor. The prayer should be very simple. God, help them to hear your voice and every other voice is a lie. And help them to follow that voice and that voice alone. Period.
Amen? Well, God, I, I pray that he would open the church 24-7. I pray we would make our services more this way and that way. Man. You know, actually, that just brings division. I know it's quiet in here once again. Pastor Faith will be back in a few weeks. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, God is building something here. Yeah. You know, I met with a guy yesterday, and he was saying, he used to be here years ago, and I said, he said, man, how's everything going? I said, it's going amazing. I said, we're in the middle of what God has been building for years. And I'm here to tell you guys this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, this is just the beginning. Like, it really, really is. Like, I'm not just saying that because it's a cool saying and it sounds good and the best is yet to come. I'm here to tell you from the truth, from the bottom of the heart, by the word of the Lord, this is truly just the beginning. <laughs> truly just the beginning. We want to see God save and redeem your whole family. Think about this. You have one, per if you got, started to invite one person to Jesus and got them to start attending this church, our church doubles. Just one person, guys. And I'm not talking about getting a big crowd. I'm talking about trying to crowd heaven. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's literally that simple, what God can do. And we're seeing it begin to grow. It's just so, so good. I'm not going to lie. I was at Mercy Culture Church this past weekend, and it is incredible. It is amazing. I've never seen a whole congregation worship like this. I'm not talking about the altar. I'm talking about from the altar to the back. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. What is, how do you get this to happen? And I seen this whole place erupting in praise. And I'd be completely honest, I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to be right here. Because I'm serious. I was like, man, I, I miss my family, I miss the church God has given us. I miss what God is doing. And I don't want to miss anything. And then I'm hearing testimonies, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm missing, I missed it. And I'm like, I know God's just going to do more. And so it's just so, so good what God is doing here. Me and Maddie, oh, I should probably share this, but we, I'm just going to say it, might as well now. That's not always the best way to do things, by the way. Um, when we first took this church, you know what I'm talking about. When we first took this church, we kind of made a deal with God, which is really stupid, by the way. We were like, God, we'll, we'll pour seven years of our life into this. No matter, I didn't tell nobody this, by the way. I've never told you all this. So we'll pour seven years of our life into this and we'll try to do everything you want us to do for seven years. But if it's still, if people want to still fight us and fight what you want to do, we're not going to spend the rest of our lives here. And I used to think when stuff got hard here years ago, I used to think, man, maybe I'll just get this place to a healthy place and then I'll leave. I'm sorry, I'm being too real with y'all this morning. That's how I used to think until about a year and a half ago, about when we changed the name. And I saw the Lord, he gave me a vision and he showed me, he showed me like being like 30 feet tall. This might sound weird because it is. And he showed me being like 30 feet tall in the middle of Owensboro and like half of my body was in the ground. And he said, Michael, I'm rooting you in this city. <laughs> You're not leaving. And it was just like, okay. So there's just ever since then, I've just had this mandate 
on my life to not be like anything else that's already been built, but to build something. When we were at Bethel Church, Chris Valentin, Bill Johnson, Danny Silk, and all of them were on the platform. If you don't know who I'm talking about, get on YouTube and start listening to a thousand sermons if you can. It'll change your life. It changed mine. And Chris was saying to all this crowd of people that was at Bethel, he said, how many of you guys are enjoying Bethel Church? How many of you guys are enjoying what God has done in this church? And we're like, yes, this is amazing. You guys are incredible. Thank you so much for your wisdom. And Chris said, yeah, 30 years ago, Bill was by himself on the piano praying and singing this in on a Friday night. You know what I love about that? Bethel actually doesn't have any famous preachers. They all have known each other for 30, 40 years. It's actually, it seems like a big mainstream thing, but it's very organic. They're all from the same little towns in Northern um, California, been friends for a very long time, and God has just built something there. And I started remembering, man, that's what I wanna do. I wanna, I wanna build something. Ever since me and Maddie used to lead, listen, when we first took over the youth ministry, me and Maddie led the worship. That was not a good idea. <laughs> I was singing. It's not, I mean, I can kind of sing. I can probably fool you for a moment to make you think I can sort of sing. And I was over there leading a song right in the middle of my orphan heart. <laughs> and I, but I, I remember things like that, and I'm like, wow. Look at what God's done now. Praise God I'm not singing. You're welcome. <laughs> and we let the singers sing, amen? But I start thinking, God, we're going to continue to build something. If you want to be a part of what God is building here that's going to last for generations in this city, I want you to stand to your feet and our worship team come. Come on, somebody. I got real convicted when I was at Upper Room Church in Dallas. How many of you like Upper Room's worship? You like their music? You all know who I'm talking about? And we were there on a Saturday night, and it came time for them to take up the offering. Okay? And my first thought was, and they're taking up an offering for their building because they're running out of room and they're trying to build a new building. Some of you are thinking, is he about to take up an offering? No. You need to tithe, you need to tithe. And I was there, and you know what I was thinking? I was like, I don't go to church here. <laughs> Why should I get, I don't need to tithe. I tithe to my church. And then their pastor got up, glory to God. Their pastor got up and said, check, check, okay. <laughs> the devil does not want me to say what I'm about to say. I'll yell it. But their pastor got up and said, he says, how many of you have been blessed by Upper Room? And I was like, yes. The worship music, the messages here, it has blessed my life. And he said, but the problem is on Saturday nights, most of our visitors or most of our people here are a bunch of visitors. And all you guys do is come and take and not give. Right. I was like, oh, Oh, man. You know what I mean? And what I'm trying to say is you can be a consumer or you can be a contributor to this house. And you can look back years and say, I remember this. I remember when there was ugly paisley carpet in the sanctuary. My God, won't he do it? I remember when we were barely, when we were growing out of the nursery because it wasn't built even big enough back when it was built. I remember when Pastor Mike got up there and said, we need some more help. And I got convicted. I remember. 
I remember when the worship team played their first song. I remember now they're singing all their songs every Sunday morning. I remember. I remember when it was just Wednesday night prayer with me and Maddie in here on a stage with six people in the room crying out to Jesus for our city. I remember. I want to be a part of something that lasts generations in this city. Not just be a consumer and go from church to church or whatever. Listen, I'm not saying if this isn't the place God has for you, we love you. We bless you. Go find your tribe. Go, if you have a different tribe, if it's River Tree Church or Pleasant Valley or Bridge Point, whatever it is the Lord is calling you to, please go. But when you go, go there to be a contributor. Go there to help build. If you just get offended everywhere you go, you don't take your offense everywhere you go. You will. You'll just take that offense with you. I felt the Lord say he wanted us to read this scripture out loud and make a declaration for where we're going as a church. Where we're going as a church is not that Pastor Mike is the only one who does ministry. It's actually we want to equip and empower you to make a difference in this city. Everywhere that you go. We put up Isaiah 61 and we're going to declare this over ourselves this is our declaration, our personal declaration, not just for the Father's house, but for you. This is the same thing that was written in Isaiah that Jesus read as well about himself. And we're going to read this out together. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Are you ready? <laughs> and I want you to lift your hands all over this place. Every male, every female, every father, every granddad, every son in this place and this is it we want to i believe that god is going to impart power this morning for you to walk out the gospel in your home and in your job and everywhere that you go that you will get your fire lit and take it with you all across this city are you ready somebody say yes look at your neighbor and say i'm ready come on look at your neighbor and say i'm ready here we go I want, to say, I want you to say this like you mean it. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill this room right now? Let your presence fall heavy in this place in the name of Jesus. Here we go. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. Keep going. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his glory. Somebody say, that's me. Come on, say it louder. Say, that's me. Come on, say it again. Say, that's me. My goodness. Not just our pastors, not just the evangelists, not just the prophets. The Spirit of God is resting on every person in this room. Could you lift your hands again? Holy Spirit, would you come? God, I pray that you would fill people fresh and anew with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God, that you would fill them afresh. If you've never received the filling of the Holy Ghost, you can pray for it right now. God, fill me up. Fill me up in this moment. 
God, we need your fire. We need your holiness. We want nothing more than what you want. Prayer team, could you come quickly? We love you and we honor you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do me a favor and just lay hands on your neighbor. Grab a hand close to somebody. Why don't you just tell them, say, that prayer was for you. <laughs> say, you too. Come on, can we linger for just a moment in his presence? You need to close your eyes, close your eyes, lift your hands. Come on, just tell the Lord you love him right now. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. We want all that you want. Oh, Lord, we don't want to miss a thing. We need your fire, God. Teach us. Discipline us. Encourage us. Mold us, Lord. Form us, oh God. Come on, if you have a prayer language, don't make a scene. Just pray between you and the Lord. The Bible says, I, I pray with my understanding. I pray without my understanding. I edify myself in the Spirit. The sweet presence of the Lord in this place. God, we honor you. Hey, if you're here in this room and you're saying, I need salvation, I need to be born again, I need to repent of my sin, I need to, to come to Jesus and make him Lord of my life, if that's you, I want you to come to these altars right now and get out of your seat. I need salvation, I need to be saved. If that's you, I want you to come right now. Come on. And do me a favor and look at the person beside you. Say, if that's you, I'll go with you. We're not trying to force anybody to do anything. We're just trying to put some action to your faith. If you need to be born again, I, don't want, I just want to make room before we go that you would come and find mercy at the Father's house. Find freedom and find redemption in His house. We love you, Jesus. Come on, one last chance before you go. Come on, don't be shy. If you need salvation, would you come? If you need healing in your body, we believe the Lord wants to heal sickness this morning. If you have cancer, if you have any type of disease, before you go, please, our prayer team is ready. They are prayed up. They are wanting to intercede and believe God on your behalf. Even if you have lost faith for yourself, we have faith for you this morning. If you need healing in your body, would you come? You can come now. Our altars are open. If you need prayer for anything at all, you're welcome to come. Do me another favor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, do you need prayer for anything? I'll go with you. Thank you, Jesus. And let's just lift our hands to heaven all over this place. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, have your way. Bless your people. Speak to their hearts. Encourage their hearts. Bless their families, bless their jobs, bless their kids, bless their grandkids. Protect them from all harm and evil, God. We love you and we honor you. Bless your house. This is your church. In Jesus' mighty name, can somebody say amen? Come on, can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? Awesome. Do me a favor for all the mamas and older ladies. Don't forget that we need your help in the nursery on your way out. We love you. Bless you. If you haven't signed up for the journey yet, sign up as well. Hey, do me a favor. Be friendly on your way out as well. Hug a neck. Invite somebody to lunch. The altars are open.
Let's run.